Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness in watching this, whether you watch it live, whether you watch it when it's more convenient, whether you listen to it on Anchor as the podcast, or uh, actually I really like to thank those of you who are so kind as to share it on your Facebook page as well. You know, it's interesting how Satan uh, meant something for bad and God turned it around for good. What I'm referring to is when COVID hit, how we were unable to meet together in small groups. Uh, and a good friend of mine said, hey, why don't you do it on the Internet? To which I re- replied, well, I don't know how. We found out, thanks to my intrepid son-in-law, James, and how great this has come about. You know, we're reaching more people than we would have in the small group Bible study that we did. So thank you. And uh, thank. Uh, let's also, I want to thank the Lord for that same opportunity. It's just great. Tonight, we are in Second Peter chapter 2, and Peter is dealing with false teachings, uh, false teachers. Something that uh, is alive and well today, and we need to be aware of. And so that's why we're studying it tonight. So with that, if you'd join me in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time to be in your word and to be with one another. Lord, I pray that you open our hearts and our minds to your word. I pray that everything I do here this evening is pleasing in your sight. As always, Lord, keep me out of the way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, again, Second Peter 2, starting at the first verse, where it says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their deceptive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to the to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to construction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of the temptations to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh, 
and the lust of uncleanliness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of things that they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness. As those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime, they are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey, speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness. The ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to him. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow, having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Uh, again, this is all about false teachers. Uh, the first heading is destructive doctrines. And so let's go see what God has in store for us. Verse 1 says, But if there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false prophets among you. False prophets. Okay, let's... Look at Jeremiah 28 for an example here. Jeremiah 28, 15 through 17, where it says, The prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth, this year you will die because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Okay, there were false prophets in the Old Testament. Okay, among the people. 
even as there will be. It doesn't say there could be false prophets. There will be false prophets among you. And not only outside of the church, but inside of the church as well. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Denying the Lord. Well, maybe those who knock on your doors on Saturday mornings and who say that Jesus is just the Son of God, not God. You can uh, use a real plain exposition of the deity of Christ by reading to them uh, from John chapter 1, where it pretty much says that, well, where it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God meaning Jesus Christ, not a God. Jesus Christ is God. Or you might have those who come up with a startling, well, a new revelation. Uh, revelation uh, chapter, where'd it go? Revelation chapter 22, verse 18, warns of any addition to the book of Revelation. So if you have somebody who has a book that is a new revelation, you need to rebuke. Well, hey, if you know what's going on, you need to talk to them. All right, there we are. Uh, and, you know, these things can happen with inside the church, too. Like I say, uh, the, you might be accused of having ineffective prayer. If you aren't physically healed, you just have ineffective prayer. You just aren't praying hard enough. Well, okay, what about the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians where he spoke of a thorn in the flesh, where he asked God three times to remove it from him, and God's reply was, his grace is sufficient. Okay, how are we to be aware of all these things? It's by being in God's word. How do we find out about these destructive doctrines? If it doesn't pass the test of scripture, it stinks. Okay, and who brought them again and bring on themselves swift destruction? Uh, Martin Luther put it this way. Just as all prophecy has emanated from the Holy Spirit since the beginning of the world, so this must be true until the end of the world. That's pretty good, okay. In order that nothing but God's word may be preached. Yet, as always... It has happened that there were false teachers alongside the true prophets of God's word. And so it will remain. Therefore, since you now have God's word, you must expect to have false teachers too. There will be there. And they will bring on themselves a swift destruction. Verse 2, and many, again, doesn't say a few, many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Because of the way these people um, speak will be blasphemed. Here, a better, easier to understand is through the New Living Translation. It says, many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. 
And because of the teachers, these teachers, those false teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Okay, verse 3. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle. Covetousness, not only their own covetousness, but the covetousness of their followers. Thou shalt not covet, remember. Okay. Their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. You know, sometimes it seems like their judgment is taking a long time. But remember, God works outside of the constraints of time, as he is the one who invented time. Leave it to God. They will get their due. Verse 4, this is under the heading of doom for false teachers. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, Satan being the chief of them, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people. Well, let's take a look at that. Genesis chapter 7, verse 13, speaks to this. On that same day, Speaking of the day the great flood began, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his son, with them entered the ark. Those are the eight people. And it talks about Noah being a preacher of righteousness. Well, earlier in Genesis, Noah is referred to one who walked with God. Noah was righteous in God's eyes. There was a lot of wickedness going on there. Um, God speaks of how he's had it with this this, uh, uh, wicked people and that he would bring destruction on them, which he did. And and through his righteousness, um, Noah and his family was saved. Because why? Because he walked with God. Okay? denouncing all the junk that was going on. He was a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. God did that. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Now, I know a lot of you probably have heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you may not know the whole story. Uh, I would recommend looking at Genesis chapters 18 and 19. Spend a little time in there. Uh, it's quite an interesting story. Turn Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of their wickedness, which should be an example to us. Verse 7, it says, And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. What is this filthy conduct they're talking of? Well, let's look in Genesis chapter 18. We're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Hey, I thought, yep, there it is. I got enough of these 
handy-dandy bookmarks in here, and sometimes I get lost. Okay, four and five. Now, this is when, um, when Lot uh, welcomed the strangers into his home. It says, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called out to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. In other words, have sex with them. This is filthy conduct of the wicked. Mm. Verse 8, For that righteous man, speaking of Lot, dwelling among them, those who were ungodly, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust for punishment for the day of judgment. Okay, day of judgment. Uh, this is from Clark. It says, A preservation and deliverance of Lot gave the apostle Peter occasion to remark that God knew as well to save as to destroy, and that his goodness led him as forcibly to save righteous Lot as his justice did to destroy the rebellious in the instances already adduced, which means already cited as evidence. Okay, all right, verse 10. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness or defiling passion. Luther talks about defiling passion. He says to indulge in the lust of defiling passion is to live like an irrational beast according to one's own notion and all lust. Okay, an irrational beast. We had a dog who got a lot of great stories. His name was Scotty. Scotty was a uh, combination of pit bull and wire hair terrier. And Scotty's main life had to deal with other dogs. Okay. If it was a male dog, he would fight it. If it was a female dog, he would do the opposite. And this, to me, seems like a real good illustration of a beast living to one's own notion and all lust. Scotty was an escape artist. People would see Scotty all over the world. And uh, again, his main concern was dogs. He couldn't care about cats, couldn't care about anything else. But yep. Male dog fight it, female dog do the opposite. All right. Defiling passion. And those who despise authority, they are presumptuous and self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. What this refers to is the angels or anything that is of God. Whereas the angels... Now, this is a contrast. Who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Isn't that a contrast? You know, it comes back to running other people down to build yourself up. It 
just doesn't work. Verse 12. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed. These are the false teachers, which really are agents of Satan. Okay, Speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption, just as the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah did. And they will receive the wages of unrighteousness as to those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions, deceiving not only others, but themselves as well. Right. While they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Eyes full of adultery. Well, here we go. Green puts it this way. They lust after every girl they see. They view every female as a potential adulteress. I know guys like this. I imagine you do as well. And there may be some women who fall in this same category. <sighs> okay. And it talks about enticing unstable souls. Because a lot of this stuff looks like fun, right? And the unstable souls here, it's really pretty much reviewing, I mean, referring to new believers. You know, those who aren't strong in their faith, who, who have yet to endure these things. You know, because as soon as, you know, you come to faith in Jesus, the world doesn't all of a sudden become little birdies flying and tweeting and doing all this kind of stuff. What happens is, is Satan doesn't want you to know Jesus as your Savior, so he's going to throw everything at you he can. And if you are not strong in your faith, if you are as uh, Jesus spoke about those who build things on sinking sand instead of the rock of salvation, namely Jesus, uh, you'll fall into these temptations. Okay, They, speaking of the false teachers, have a heart trained in covetousness. Okay, being covetous means wanting something that belongs to somebody else to the point of sinning to obtain it. Okay, They're trained in these covetous practices and are cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. He was a, Balaam was a prophet for hire, have prophecy, will travel kind of thing, whatever kind of money. <laughs> if you wanted a good prophecy for your kingdom, you hired old Balaam because he'd be the guy who could do this, right? Okay, but... He was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey, speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. I love this story, so I gotta, I gotta read this. This comes out of Numbers 22. Okay. It's 22 through 34. A little bit long, but worthwhile. Then God's anger was aroused because 
he went and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Speaking of Balaam. And as he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him, now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards and with the wall on his side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to either turn to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he was struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. Check that out. She said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me all these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, That's kind of interesting. She's answering the donkey. Says to the donkey, Because you have abused me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I will kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, I am not your donkey on which, am I not your donkey on which you've ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? He said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and with a drawn sword in his hand and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. The angel of the Lord said to him, what have you struck? Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. That's that, that prophet for hire guy, right? And, uh, I lost my place. Ah! I haven't, because oh, you're a perverse way before me. This is 33. The donkey saw me and turned aside for me these three times. If she had not turned aside for me, I surely would also have killed you by now. Let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, displease, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Then the Lord, uh, then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but only the word I speak to you, you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. In other words, the angel says, Hey, you're not going to be giving them what they want to hear. You're going to give them a word from the Lord. What turned them around? A dumb donkey. Or as in the old English, a dumb ass. God can use a dumb ass to speak to people. I am proof of that. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Verse 17, these are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Okay, as my father would say that clouds carried on by a tempest comes on like gangbusters is what my old man would say, but they end up being empty wells, depravity of false teachers. Okay, Verse 18 is under the heading of deceptions of false teachers. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped 
from those who live in error. Okay, those are believers. Okay, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by whom he is brought into bondage. Instead of preaching liberty, liberty from sin, what they're actually preaching is licentiousness, which means a license to sin. Saying such things as, well, Jesus died for your sins, so what's the big deal with sinning? I hate to say it, there was a time when I was young, a young man, that that's kind of the way I felt about it. Well, Jesus died for your sins. What's, what's the big deal? The big deal is, is Jesus died for your sins. It took a while to get through this pea brain, that situation. Okay. Now, verse 20. For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world, meaning sin, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, and the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Those who have a weak faith who lose their faith. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Now here is a big piece of um, doctrinal debate. Uh, there's two perspectives, and David Guzik puts it very well with this. Regarding these, those with a Reformed perspective will say that they were actually never saved. But those with an Arminian perspective will say that they were actually saved but lost their salvation. And here's the key. To bitterly divide along the lines of this debate, which focuses on things that are unknowable to outside observation, seems to fall into the category of being obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, as is mentioned in 1 Timothy 6, verse 4. These things are the fancy word that I learned in school, adiaphora. Adiaphora means it may be fun to argue about, but if it doesn't affect your salvation, it doesn't affect your salvation. Okay, there we go. Verse 22, But it happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns its own vomit, which is Proverbs 26, verse 11, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, this was an Assyri this was a Syrian uh, proverb that was very well known in Peter's day and time. Okay, and the thing that really adds up here is the Jews... Uh, consider dogs and pigs to be the lowest and filthiest of animals, right? So how do we combat all these things? How do we combat the destructive doctrines, the depravity, and the deceptions? <laughs> Bible knowledge. Just what we're doing here tonight. By studying God's Word, we will be strengthened in His Word and be able to turn away all these depraved doctrines, all these false teachers. But beware, Satan is the father of all lies, and he makes all this stuff look really good. So be in God's Word, and that is the key. So with that, I have to finish up with the standard question for uh, questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks. And again, please, 
please, if you have any, uh, get in contact me with me through the Facebook page or through uh, hotrodbiblestudy.com uh, or however you'd like to. I'm here to talk. So with that, I'd like to deliver the Arionic blessing, which is the Lord be with you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. See you next week.